0: Don't play witchy woman when they do a farewell tour. What's up with that? <laughs> it's like one of their best Oh hi, I didn't see you there. Hello, welcome to We View Yasha <laughs> and other tales. I'm Sean. I'm Lindsay. And we're here to talk about the Beatles versus the Rolling Stones, and episode 29. Let's get to it. Sango's suffering and Kohaku's life. Mm. This seemed at the offset like a flashback episode, because Kohaku is dead. And if there's anything I know about the show, it's that nobody ever comes back to life. No. So it would be hard to believe that a character who was killed mere episodes ago would suddenly show back up to inflict more suffering upon our beloved sango in modern day japan grandpa is searching through the newspaper for the hottest illness that he can continue to construct a narrative of his granddaughter
1: trying to give her foot and mouth disease.
0: Yeah. But lucky for him, there's a cold sweeping Japan that he somehow overhears and people outside yeah,
1: of the way at the bottom of the stack.
0: Well, he should know that colds do kinda of go around communities for a while, so he could use this in a few days, but he's planning on using it that second.
1: Yeah, and Kagome's running to do the thing. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, No, I finally have a perfect illness.
0: Yeah, it looks like she exits the well with a bunch of stuff and then just runs straight to school. So she slept beforehand, and then early in the morning we must have taken her back and then didn't have time to shower or do anything. Got dressed uh, beforehand. Well,
1: I, yeah, she always wears her school uniform, so she's always
0: prepared. And off she goes, and it ruins poor Gramps' plans to give her a cold. <laughs> I don't
1: know, that kid have made the school suspicious.
0: But of course she's gone to school, and she's forgotten all of her books. As they're giving her advice to just steal a book from somewhere else. Uh, Her brother has come through and has left a bag of books for her.
1: Yeah, at first she's like annoyed, like, oh my god, all these soda in my business. And then she's like,
0: oh. We're back in the feudal era, where you get a brief recap of the power of the Tet Saga being released and the bee. But they've been reduced to surveillance drone now because they report back to Naraku, and he speaks B. Lucky for him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't really... He, I think he's got too much time on his hands.
0: It he's, seems like he does nothing in this dead village where, that he rules over.
1: Yeah, he just kind of sits, sits up against the wall, just hanging out.
0: In terms of hiding out, the, the village that he lives in has to be normal and but not too normal it has to have the same amount of problems because if it were a paradise that would be suspicious <laughs> what did he do when he was o- omigumo? because he was a thief yeah so the thief had to spend his money on something
1: i don't know i can't remember him past in the cave and then he got charity from a kindly priestess
0: As the bee gives him information uh, he turns to the side and goes, "Are you ready?" And we we know who it is just from that silhouette. Uh, Naraku's specialty is putting jewel shards into things, <laughs> so that's how he's resurrected, or Naraku's resurrected uh, Kohaku by putting a jewel shard in his back. So I have some names for resurrected uh, Kohaku. Are you right. ready for them? Version Kohaku point zero, oh, Kohaku two. <laughs> Resurreku and Zombaku. <laughs> Some
1: of that sounded a little <laughs> familiar. <laughs>
0: yeah. I uh, like Kohaktu, but it's really difficult to say.
1: Yeah, that's my favorite, but yeah, it doesn't really roll off the time.
0: So, a uh, little sign of things to come that Kohaktu is going to be a big old villain. Meanwhile, Inuyasha is trying to unleash the power of the Tetsaga. He should learn that it doesn't just come easily. Cause like last time, the transformation itself didn't come whenever he wanted it to.
1: Well, but it's just Shippo. Shippo's <laughs> I in a tree. <laughs> and maybe it was lot
0: And does what we'd all do: we point the sword at him and try it. <laughs>
1: hey, you tried to kill
0: me. And he goes, oh, "I guess you're right." At a campfire a little later, presumably Shippo has forgiven <laughs> Inuyasha from trying to murder him. <laughs> I don't know how that story would have gone if it had worked. It's like, oh, Shippo was in the way. <laughs> Sorry.
1: There probably just wouldn't have been anything left of him. He probably just could
0: have said, hey. All his toys are still here. He
1: doesn't play with those anymore. (laughs) He's growing up.
0: Our little Shippos growing up. Aren't there some hot springs you ladies want to get to? But At the campfire, Moroku and Inuyasha speak about Naraku. And Moroku reveals that he can't use the wind tunnel for a while. Yeah, they're speaking of uh, their resolve to go after Naraku and uh inuyasha's overconfidence is also filling moroku with the similar fighting spirit of yeah yeah we are going to get him aren't we (laughs)
1: yeah so yeah uh, um mentioned like you know hey Moroku's is really keeping tabs on us and watching us and inuyasha's just like that's gonna make him easier to find good Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) sure he won't think of something that will destabilize our group and uh break us all
1: apart it's not that
0: it, but as they discuss important matters the ladies discuss even more important matters of are they distracted <laughs> good there's a hot springs right over here let's go you about this <laughs> <laughs> isn't this the best show in the world <laughs> so they go to bathe in the hot springs and Sango puts a towel over herself and gets down under the water uh, that's not how you use a towel just, i know she does it uh, to shield us from
1: um, uh, a little less trusting
0: yeah Kagome's Kagome. real, <laughs> real modern woman of like these are just gonna hang out before they get in they uh, they do uh, talk about uh, moroku's gonna look if he knows but what about inuyasha and it's like pff, please like oh.
1: He's like, oh, trust me. He, he's not even interested. <laughs> yeah, Protest
0: a little too much, and Sango's got her number. Oh um,
1: I know she's like, do you want
0: them for it? We're slowly walking right back into Will They Won't They. But we get some good character development here while we're in the Hot Springs. This is a precursor to Game of Thrones and uh, getting us to pay attention to <laughs> the scar on Sango's sexy ass naked back. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how'd you get that? Oh my brother gave it to me and
1: yeah, I kind of at first I was like, um, doesn't Kagame know and then I started thinking no, she she didn't meet Sango until after all that had happened. Well, she called out of her, right? yeah, they must
0: not have got. Gotten... <laughs> That was so badass. They must not have gotten all of the details from her, and probably followed Moroku's advice of like just leave her alone, don't ask her any specific questions. So this is the I like that the girls have a bonding point too, because uh, Kagome has just been, been hanging around with a bunch of boys this whole time, and is like oh, she's allied herself with Sango a little bit, and they're gonna watch each other's backs. They have uh, a family connection. That's where the payoff of. Uh, Kagome's little brother, and the parallel between there. She mm-hmm. should appreciate the family she has, because uh, Sango's missing hers sorely. And uh, they're about to get into some real heavy territory uh, until uh, they hear something in the bushes. And Sango throws a rock and hits a poor perverted monkey. <laughs> I
1: wonder if it was a toy spinning monkey.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Obunaga's plate-spinning <laughs> monkey makes another appearance in our podcast episode. That guy's going to come back, and I'm going to be so happy when he does. He's going to have gotten his life together. He'll have a mustache and a scar because he's seen some shit. Yeah, they were talking about Kagome's priestess status when the monkey interrupted them. And I never really faulted Kagome for breaking the jewel apart because it was a last-ditch effort to keep it out of the hands of a demon, but she apparently is kind of like, oops, I'm really sorry about that.
1: And I don't think... I think it was this was cut real weird, because Sango's asking her about it, and they're both in the water, and then all of a sudden it cuts to Sango, you know, in a towel sitting on a rock away from Kagami like, you broke the jewel? Yes. And it it looks like like one of those shots where all of a sudden you like draw back, like, oh... But I don't think it was meant to be.
0: That seems like something more if it were set up like we've been blaming blaming Kagome this whole time and we're on Sango's side. Like, ah, she finally mentioned it. Like, you broke the jewel, but... And it was just a quick time jump so we don't have to hear Kagome tell the whole story again. But why is Sango out of... (laughs)
1: Because it was almost like she was trying not to let the perverted monkey know she was on. I mean, I don't think she knew it was a monkey at the time. But I think that's why she got out and covered herself and was grabbing a rock and just talking normally and all of a sudden. Ah! And, of course, our boys hear the commotion and they're concerned for the welfare of their female comrades.
0: Oh, yeah, but what do they get for their trouble?
1: <laughs> well, wow, according to New York, it was well worth it.
0: <laughs> well, that's the takeaway from this. Like, your lady friends are in trouble? Mm, Hang you know, back. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I
0: was just like all mad about it, like, I don't know why I got hit. <laughs> so worth <listen. laughs>
1: it. More for me, Moroku
0: says. <laughs> but the next day on the road, uh, they're heading along. Shippo can't carry the, the book bag. So these two things are really going to take down his Shippo performance rating for this episode.
1: Yeah, he spent way too much time struggling with that backpack. Every time we like cut back to him I'm like, Oh my god, okay, we get
0: it. Yeah, and he's also creating less work for himself by just suggesting that he flunk that uh, she flunk out of class. Thanks, Shippo. How
1: did Miroku learn the word flunk?
0: Uh I think maybe Shippo misheard him. <laughs> yeah, there have been a couple of other times where he said something modern and I just kinda let it go. <laughs> Because you have to. He's
1: very savvy. Anyway. Uh, yeah.
0: But she's. Uh, Shippo has triggered Kagome into complaining about her brother again, right in front of Sango, who has no brother anymore. But this, this whole thing's interrupted with a villager uh, bleeding to death on the road ahead. In the village, they find out that the. Uh, oh, well, uh, Inuyasha smells even more blood. So knows that the village ahead has. Essentially, just been raised to the ground, and as they get there, oh, uh, oh, Sango also recognizes the wound on the oh, villager's back.
1: Oh, it's not
0: made with a sword. Oh, this is a Slayer wound. Uh oh. So that leads her to be slightly lip wary when they enter the town. Said, so "Beware of traps." And she throws a rock. She's real good at that rock-throwing thing. <laughs> and it explodes an entire hut. Nobody move. It's very important that we stay still and approach carefully. And Inuyasha follows those instructions to the letter. Oh no, wait, he doesn't. He just (laughs) runs forward and slices at the nearest building, which uncovers Kohaku, who now is wearing his slayer gear and not in that child's kimono. And Sangu never changes into her slayer gear because I don't think she really planned on killing Kohaku.
1: I just remember Kilala usually just you know running forward and transforming but this time longa um, had to go a little Pokemon and throw Kilala up in the air <laughs> I choose you <laughs> <laughs> and then jump like flying up <laughs> that was the weirdest transformation ever <laughs> she could have transformed on the ground and she could have just popped on and it could have
0: They have to know something's up. This is a Zambaku they're dealing with. (laughs) Any of these are going to hit. I just know it. (laughs) We're going to get used to them. They're going to work. Yeah, she throws Evie into the air. Oh, uh, Kirara into the air. And they ride. Because Inuyasha makes Kohaku retreat by facing off with him. (laughs) And Kohaku takes a step forward and then runs in the other direction.
1: And then I think actually tries to get chase and steps on he
0: steps on a mine and, mine and gets blown back. back
1: again thing <laughs> he's, he's got that cloak of the fire rat
0: yeah exactly that just is a shield essentially speaking of shields uh, Sango is led through another barrier that is a convenient plot device to keep our characters separated from one another while well, never enter a barrier I've learned that. And no one else can pass through the barrier, so it's just Sango facing off with her dead brother.
1: But she asks him to, when she catches, he's just hanging out in the middle of the barrier
0: waiting for her. Yep. Take off your mask. Yeah. And he complies in a way that makes him look sad. Like, I'm sorry that I have to do this kind of thing. But I would wager that this is Naraku controlling everything. That uh, Kohaku can't have any personality, right? Although, no, he he implies later that he can bring him back to life, full stop. Although, Naraku is known for lying.
1: Yeah. He's, he's brought Kohaku back to life with a jewel shard. Yeah. And he needs to complete the jewel. I mean, I think Kohaku is on a running clock.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: How are you going to complete the jewel when
0: there's still a And And The whole question of the soul, is the soul piper just hanging around like, uh, is there a job I have to do here? <laughs> Although Kohaku is probably too old for the soul piper. So however teenagers get taken into the afterlife is in question here. I would this is just this has to just be his body and he has even less of a personality than uh, Resurekio has Kohaku um, also doesn't remember anything
1: and Miraku does show up Um Talfongo like yeah I brought him back to life and I erased all his memories
0: I need you to steal the Tetsaiga because that shit's gotten powerful and it's uh, screwing up all plans that I have
1: yeah because his little geese told him.
0: (laughs) Everything about Kahaku says to me that this is not her brother. And uh, this weirdo in a baboon costume is selling her all kinds of stuff, and he's known to be an evil motherfucker and a liar. But he appears to have caught her in a weak moment, because after he disappears, she goes back, mentions Naraku, doesn't mention the deal. And all she says is, let's Perform some rites at the village. So after some awkward uh, Inuyasha saying like, "I'm gonna kill your brother." That's cool, right?
1: Got anything to say about that? Yeah. <laughs> see, Inuyasha gets it immediately. He knows we need all the pieces to complete the jewel.
0: So there was that moment, and then there's Shippo's uh, working with Kilala dismantling all the bombs. I know your argument's gonna be that Kilala's doing it. And they don't even dismantle him. He's like, oh, we found them all. I'll have Sango. I have a feeling these bombs are going to be used later, but we'll see. No,
1: uh, so, Chippa is just holding the damn basket, talking Kilala's ear off, and Kilala has had enough. <laughs> and Shippo does not even notice that she has no one. He closes his eyes to talk
0: about his plan to get praise from his adult uh, counterparts. But then they... Uh, he opens them and kilala has gone. <laughs> <laughs> but no. Uh, all These characters are just going through some stuff this episode and the final scene is... Hmm?
1: We do get a lot... I can't remember when it happens. We get a flashback of Kohaku um, and he cuts his hands and it's all bandaged.
0: Yes. He's feeding the
1: bird and Killala loves him and I think that was just to show that he was a very gentle spirit and in tune with
0: animals yeah and there's a there's a weird thing here um that he hurts his hand by bringing the hook back and then his father goes you're so stupid as does he say you're weak <laughs> so weak kohaku and then in the next conversation with sango she says oh father says you're doing great do you think she's lying i know
1: i don't know if that was just like tough love in front of Kohaku, you know, to toughen him up, but secretly he was like, okay, yeah, he is doing well. Or if that was just Sanga trying to make Kohaku feel better, I kind of feel like that's what it was. I think it was a lie
0: because then Kohaku says, it's the first time dad's ever praised me. I was like, "Eh, yeah, he still hasn't. The one time he's going to praise you is in front of the emperor five seconds before you murder your entire family.
1: And that was a lie too. (laughs) Yeah, sure was.
0: Kohaku's just just not cut out for this.
1: Sango says
0: that too. Uh, yeah, that flashback happens after a scene where Moroku and Inuyasha talk about Inuyasha lacking any diplomacy and Inuyasha thinking to himself that he does feel bad, but he can't let his guard down. But if he does, he'll hesitate in killing her little brother. He
1: knows what
0: needs to be done. And our final scene is Sango uh, sleeping and then waking up. While everyone else is asleep, and saying, "There's the Tetsuya. I'm going to take that shit." This was a hard one to not watch the second episode too. And the English dub that I only listened to um, didn't give me an, any information on if she steals the sword or not. But I saw the episode title. Isn't it like
1: that's like a stolen
0: <laughs> Tetsuya is stolen. I wonder who did it. Let's not jump to conclusions. It could have been. Yeah. Could have been Nobunaga. You always just jump right (laughs) at it. Do we have anything else? Oh, I
1: just, I wanted to ask, um, did the animation feel weird to you? It looked different. It did. It
0: looked, I think I mentioned it during Lake of the Evil Water God, or maybe the one after it, that it seems like this is a new production company, or at least more people. Because when Kagome is searching for her books... She looks a little different, like she's making a scared face that I've never seen her make before. And Inuyasha yeah, and Moroku look different when they're standing in the village,
1: I think. It, it doesn't, I don't feel like there's as much like detail in like the eyes.
0: Mm-hmm. They look
1: a little just kind of plainer. The faces seem a little longer. Yeah. I don't know. I don't always notice it, but this time I was like, this feels a little cheaper, a little rushed, a little, not, not quite as cool.
0: It's so weird that that happens that you start off in a show and things seem higher-budgeted and then it gets popular so you have more money to throw around, but then they start slashing the budget. Because they did that with Batman as well, the animated series, where it's like, okay, you can't draw everything on black paper anymore. You just have to figure out a way to make it look like it was. So I don't know. Um, It's a counterintuitive thing that happens, maybe it happens out of necessity.
1: Um, one last little thing. Oh. oh, this is fun. I noticed on the calendar, tonight is a new moon. Oh, shit. So wherever Inuyasha is...
0: We can attack him and kill him. <laughs>
1: True.
0: And he has sexy black hair.
1: <laughs> Although now he's got more than just Kagome and Shippo to help. I mean, now he's got Miroku and Sango. To.
0: I've been paying attention to the moons in the show. We've had two full moons in a row. Maybe the,
1: the new moon of is when Kigomi goes back to Can't do anything in the feudal era really, so go back home. All right. Go to school that day.
0: Yeah. That'd be a good time to do it. I want her to come back after spending time in modern day and they've gone through an adventure without her. And she's like What the hell? <laughs> oh, we got four jewel shirts while you were gone.
1: So she's the one who sees the jewel shard. Exactly, so you it's can't extra go without her. Well maybe, they can, maybe, like kill a demon and then just leave it not even know that it's got a shard and so
0: No, I would write an episode where Shippo finds shards and Kagomi would be super pissed. She's
1: never mad at Shippo.
0: No. She gives him too much leeway. She
1: does. I'll never let any discipline that way.
0: She flashes him all the time and he doesn't even get bumps on his head. Well, not from
1: <laughs> we Except should
0: go. Inuyasha. Inuyasha did try to kill him in this episode <laughs> I think we're just gonna breeze past that and pretend it didn't happen oh boy
1: yeah. was okay with it I'm
0: okay. <laughs> We should write that episode that'd be fun um, Kagome comes back they found four jewel shards <laughs> She's upset she decides to find more jewel shards on her own gets into some trouble. They try to save her, but then she ends up getting the four jewel shards anyway. And they all work together in the end. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe at first it seems like she did it on her own. and She's like, ha ha! But then like a worm comes out of the ground. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. <laughs> a
1: demon worm.
0: Mm-hmm. We got a worm sign. Okay. Uh, then we've talked for almost fifty minutes about oh this my episode. <laughs> So thanks for listening, listeners. uh, uh, Join us next time. Uh, Same Inuyasha time, same Kagome
1: channel.